This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, we are live. Day one. Day one is in the books, guys. Finally. That was fun, Steve. And by the way, yes. Who's Steve? Yeah, it's not Zach. (laughs) Steve. Rippy, Fantasy Guys, is in the building. There's only a few people that I could have called on this early, the day after the, the, the day after day one, to really get, you know, some insight, you know, and some immediate reactions. Because I texted Steve early this morning. I said, hey, Steve, can you get on this podcast? Because I really want someone to talk to about day one. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I already put a few hours uh, of work uh, into, into last night already. And I'm like, that's why I hit you up, man. So I appreciate <laughs> you, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, you know, you you didn't actually say Steve in the the text. You um, we were texting last night, and I thought it was one of those situations where I was your last text, you know, last night. So you were trying to text Zach, maybe. So I wasn't sure if you were like meaning. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm ready to go though, you know. So I'm like, I'm excited to be here, man. So thanks for the invite. Hell yeah, man! I love it. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, you can find Steve's amazing work over on Fantasy Guides on Instagram. You know, I have I, I have my own rookie draft kit. But you guys have to check out Steve's as well. You know, it's funny because my 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 subscription to your annual pass just renewed. I think yesterday, oh, or, or like the day before. I just got the email, um, so I'm excited to to, to really <laughs> check that out. And I know you're updating your dynasty rankings already. Uh, you know, after day one, so I'm looking forward to that. So I'm super excited, man. Day one okay. was quite fun. There were no trades. Right, which was which was, I mean, uh, there were trades, well, but there were no player trades, right, right? right? Like, we didn't see no, you know, AJ Brown or Marquise Brown type of trades this mm-hmm. year. Um, we didn't see a wide receiver taken until a lot later than, than I thought, personally. There were a couple guys who were sliding down a little bit. What were your overall takeaways? Your, just your overall thoughts on, on how the first round went? I thought it was exciting, I thought it was fun. Like, I, I don't know about you when Bijan went like I, I guess I had some thoughts about him possibly going to Atlanta, but I just didn't I didn't know that it would actually happen. So seeing him go top 10 was exciting. But to me, the shock of the draft, I, I'm guessing you'll agree, was Gibbs going pick 12 like 100 percent. I was like, oh, <laughs> like the, for, for, for the record, worst football move ever, like real life football. Like, why don't we I, just let's just start talking about it right now, okay. you know, because we're, we're <laughs> okay. already there, dude. Like, I think this is what everybody is tuning in to, to hear about, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Right. Like this is, you know, and, and you, you hit it on the head. I think from an NFL standpoint, it's probably a bad pick at 12. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, I just don't think I think it's very hard to justify any running back in today's NFL going top 
12 to top 10, you know, um, I think he's got enough. Now I really like Gibbs, but I think he has enough profile question marks to, to take him at 12 when you've already got Swift and Montgomery. Yeah, that was just, obviously they, you've said this to me before, like they, when they signed Montgomery, they, they made up their mind about Swift, you know, I think he's probably exactly. gone. Uh, but still, yeah. like you, you've got good running backs, and we, we know that's a replaceable position, and it's not one of those positions that's as important for football. So, I, I just think it was a missed opportunity to get a better uh, real life positional value there. I agree, and listen, I can understand the case behind Bijan. I think Bijan is a more generational, quote unquote, generational type of prospect. Yeah. So I understand it, especially given the fact that a lot of teams didn't have first round grades on a lot of these guys, right? And Bijan was probably, you know, in a vacuum, the one of the best prospects in this draft, right? Regardless of position. So I understand right. that. But Jameer Gibbs is a fifteen to eighteen touch kind of guy, right? He weighed in, weighed mm-hmm. in at one ninety nine. Can he be Alvin Kamara? Well, you got to keep in mind, Alvin Kamara is a bigger dude, right? Like he, he might have a similar skill set, but he's a bigger guy. Like he's, an, he's a real running back, someone who can run between the tackles and take a little bit more punishment. And we haven't, we don't know what that's going to look like for Jameer Gibbs. Now, from an NF, from a fantasy perspective now, right? I, I think <laughs> that go. it's different. Right. This is it's, it's a different situation. Like we're looking at from the NFL standpoint, you're looking like, wow, like, why would you take Jameer Gibbs there? This is terrible. Like you already have two running backs from an from a fantasy standpoint. I have a little bit of a different point of view because David Montgomery was signed, you know, after DeAndre Swift. After they already decided that DeAndre Swift wasn't going to be their guy. They yeah. let Jamal Williams go. David Montgomery comes along really quickly. Right. They're like, all right, well, we're not going to have DeAndre Swift as our one A at this point, right? Like, that's what we wanted, and that's what we were hoping for, right? He got the second-round draft capital a couple years ago, but, hey, they're getting their guys now, right? This is a new regime. Mm-hmm. They're, they're getting the guys that they want. So they got Jameer Gibbs as, uh, uh, the way I look at it, he's the DeAndre Swift replacement, Yep. right? They love DeAndre Swift's skill set, but they, don't, they, they just don't trust him. So I think Jameer Gibbs coming in, uh, for me, this is, like, this is a David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs backfield right now with DeAndre Swift on the outside looking at. Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, Dan Campbell, he's, he, you know, he's been talked as like this old school head coach. And I think he wants that, that biting the kneecaps. I think he wants to, to, to have the run game be, you know, be kind of the focal point. Um, and I do think that we see Swift moved, you know, I, I don't know if maybe it happens today. Like I, I'm a Denver Broncos fan. I, I'm, I, I think we have a third round pick. <laughs> I don't know if we, what we have left between Sean Payton and uh, and Russell Wilson, you know, being traded. But right. I'd go after him. I think Swift's a good running back, and I think somebody's going to get a good running back at a pretty discounted price. I mean, listen, can you imagine DeAndre Swift staying healthy in Sean Payton's system? Mm-hmm. I mean, come yeah. on, like that would be two worlds. That's, that's exactly what you want. You yeah. want a guy who who will, who will use him because you know that Sean Payton is going to give DeAndre Swift like 10 targets a game you oh, know, yeah. if he's healthy, right? There's no doubt about that. Like Sean Payton is is notorious. Um, I keep going back to this stat that I can't remember perfectly all the time, but like there was a period of a 10-year stretch with Sean Payton where his backfield overall had the most fantasy points, either the most or the second most fantasy points for 10 years straight. <laughs> it's oh, absolutely no, bananas. Well, and think of how many like Pierre Thomases, you know, like guys that exactly. are kind of just It wasn't guy. just like – one baller. This was before yeah. Alvin Kamara came around. Oh, this yeah. was like Alvin Kamara came around and just continued that trend. 
And and even if you look at now, I do think Mark Ingram proved to be a good running back over the course of his career. But even a, yeah. a player like Mark Ingram, who you wouldn't even think of as like a receiving back, was getting a ton of receiving work in that system. So, right. so yeah, that's uh, I'm going to cross my fingers that that happens, uh, I guess, uh, later today, l- very late today, because we don't have a second round pick. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, even if it doesn't happen, to be honest with you, there are a few versatile running backs, um, you know, in this class that, you know, you could potentially get on day three. And I think, you know, Sean Payton is, is a good, good enough, you know, offensive mind to be able to turn a day three versatile running back into someone who could be fantasy relevant. And if that doesn't happen, then we have to really start paying to paying attention to Samaj P. Ryan, right? But, yeah. but, 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 but we'll see what happens there. Um, One thing yeah, before, I know you want to move on because there's a lot of other players. I, I did want to ask you, I overall, I, I know a lot of people are saying this is a bad landing spot for Gibbs because of the backfield. I think this is great. And for me, the trump card's just the draft capital. Like, like we have just not seen, like very few running backs are even going in the first round anymore, but go 12th. Not only from a, they're going to want to use him that like to show that this is our guy. We believe in this guy. He's going to have a longer leash, but also just just dynasty. Like if you're looking at dynasty, just the value he's going to hold. You know, people knowing he was the 12th overall pick that he ran a four three five. So I, I think this is stock up for him uh, completely. I, I agree, man. This is a good landing spot for Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, this is a good offense, a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. I'm not someone who's assuming this is going to be a three-way backfield. Agreed. This is not going to be a three-way backfield. They didn't pick him at 12 to give him 10 touches a game. <laughs> right, I agree. They, they, picked, they picked him at 12, and they, there was a lot of good prospects on the board that they that they gave up on. They could have traded down, but they said, no, we're going to take our guy, and that guy is going to get the majority of the touches. I, I still see 15 to 18 touches for Jameer Gibbs in year one. Yeah. Now, oh, absolutely. what happens to DeAndre Swift? Does he get traded? Does he not? If they don't move him, are they really going to say, like, hey, our first-round pick is just going to sit on the sideline? He's only going to get 8 to 10 touches and give Swift the same amount? No, I really don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. So I think they signed Montgomery. They gave him the money. And he was going to get the 15 to 18 touches regardless. He needed somebody to compliment him anyway on early downs. And David Montgomery is going to be that guy. There was going to be somebody. Yep. There was no team that was going to draft uh, Jameer Gibbs and let him get 22 touches a game. It wasn't going to happen. Correct. So there was go- going to be an early down compliment. So why not it be the Lions, a good offense with a quarterback who loves to dump the ball down. Mm-hmm. Okay. And on a uh, great offensive line. Right. Yeah. So it's like, there are a lot of Top reasons five. to like this landing spot. And um, honestly, like I put out a post earlier today. I, I think he's the number one winner from, you know, regardless of what you think of this backfield, he himself for dynasty for fantasy. I think he's a number one winner because we all, I don't think a lot of us were expecting him to go day one. He was oh, going to no. leave I, the draft with day two draft capital. Potentially. I had him penciled in as a second round pick. I mean, like just think Jonathan Taylor was a second round pick. We just talked about Swift was a second round pick. Like, like I, that's yeah, he's, he's definitely a winner. I'm glad that we uh, agree on that. And, and it wasn't even a first round pick, right? It's like top twelve. Like, I know, that's early I know. In the first round, dude. <laughs> and they it's had, not they, like he was taking like end of end of the first, right? And you know, and it shows that they had the 18th pick. They could have probably got him at pick 18, but they were like so they wanted him so bad that they're like, we're going to take him at 12. You know, so <laughs> I think that says a lot about what they what their plans are for him. 
100%, man. Um, let's hit on these quarterbacks real quick. I mean, there's not much to say. You know, Bryce Young taken at, at one. CJ Stroud taken at two. I just want to say something real quick, okay? Uh, so I, we put out a podcast a couple of weeks ago talking about the NFL draft odds. And uh, the favorite at that point was CJ Stroud, okay, mm-hmm. to go number one. And uh, I told you guys to put some money on Bryce Young going at number one. That was at like plus 300 odds. CJ Stroud going at number two. That was at like plus 250. And the next day, the line completely flipped. And if you if you made that bet, and I did, I won some money. Nice. I was super happy about it. I was running around my house. <laughs> so uh, I won a few thousand dollars off of that. So yeah. if, uh, if, if you did nice, that too, dude. salute to you. Salute to you. So it worked <laughs> out. There was a lot of smoke around CJ Stroud, right? Potentially falling. You know, maybe Will Levis, who didn't even get picked in the first round, you know, potentially going at number two. There was some smoke around him going at number one, which is absolutely ridiculous, honestly. Yeah. Um, but you know, so you know, those two guys get taken one and two. And we'll get to Anthony Richardson in a second, going at four to Indy. But with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, man, like, you know, those situations are interesting because you're hoping that their respective teams add some weapons to the fold, right? Because they're going into situations where they don't really have a lot, you know, to work with right now. You know, Bryce Young, especially uh, CJ Stroud, you know, like, you know, he has Nico Collins, you know, which, you know, I think they need to upgrade, honestly. Like, he could be a good complimentary piece, but I don't think he's like a number one or anything close to it. Um, and then John Mechie, I think a lot of people are high on him, but I honestly wasn't too high on John Mechie coming into the NFL. Um, I didn't love his profile, his production profiles, the injuries, and there were, you know, efficiency as well. So I think both these guys need some weapons. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Stroud even especially, you know, I think this is going to be – this is a a couple years down the road or maybe even next year kind of a situation. that It's going to be hard for them year one. I mean, at least I do kind of like Young's situation a little bit better. I like his weapons a little bit better. I like his offensive line a little bit better. And I like his uh, coaching staff a little bit better. So – I'm uh, I'm more optimistic about him, um, and overall, I kind of I kind of flip flopped. I've kind of gone back and forth. I don't know about you with with who I like better this offseason, Young or Stroud, and you know, I guess for me, the only concern I have with Young was the arm strength and the size. But I just love like cerebrally and just as a playmaker, just as a football player, I like him a lot. But I I think for fantasy. This is not these aren't two guys I'm looking to target year one. I think it's good. There's going to be some definite growing pains. Yeah, 100 percent, you know, and I'm looking at Anthony Richardson now going to Indy, which is, in my opinion, an amazing landing spot. You know, he's paired with, you know, Shane, Shane Steichen, who, you know, developed, you know, picked Justin Herbert, right? Developed him year one. who We had a great rookie year, obviously was with Jalen Hurts the past couple seasons. Look what he turned into. And now you have Anthony Richardson, who is an uber athlete. You know, Jalen Hurts was a good athlete, obviously. Uh, somebody who needed a little bit of help in the past game. And we saw what he turned into this past season. Anthony Richardson, obviously, you know, he is a bit of a project. He needs some development. But I think, I think he has enough pocket presence. He has enough ability, even in the past game, when being pressured. And obviously, the rushing ability that they're, uh, they're going to implement, right? Jalen Hurts is one of the top, you know, quarterbacks in terms of um, in terms of designed rushing attempts at the position. And that's going to be a big part of Indy's game, right, with him and Jonathan Taylor, you know, back there. So 
is there a case to be made now that Anthony Richardson should be the one on one in Superflex drafts? Is there a case? Uh, I think there's a case as if as far as like shooting for the the extreme upside. You know, I just think Bijan has similar upside at the position he plays, um, but also a much safer floor. So yeah, I think if you want to shoot for the moon, you can, but I I, I don't I don't have the cojones to do it myself. <laughs> okay, was... so there's there's the there's the argument of whether you take Bijan one oh one or a quarterback one oh one in Superflex. Let's assume that you're gonna take Bijan. So so if we're gonna assume we're gonna take Bijan with the one on one, what about a one oh two? I would easily I I take Richardson. Yeah. As much as yeah. I love the landing spot for Gibbs and the draft capital and everything, I'm still he doesn't have the upside, in my opinion, that Anthony Richardson does. And he's and, and this is really a question about which quarterback we like the best, right? That's really what I was getting oh. at here. So it's like, Sorry, you know, bad. if okay. you're choosing, no, 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 I get it. And 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 the fact that you're choosing, you're considering Gibbs there is really in superflex even. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but and I think I think for the value, in my opinion, you go quarterback there. Yeah. But you know, C.J. Shroud, you know, Bryce Young. Anthony Richardson. Obviously, we're not even considering Will Levis at this point. He hasn't been taken in the first round, so or or you know top four like these guys have. So he's not even in the question, right? Uh, so yeah. Anthony Richardson. It looks like it looks like he's the pick, man. Oh yeah, it I, for for the quarterbacks, he's easily the one I like the best. Just the upside is just too much, you know. Like you just talked about the OC and what we've seen with Justin Herbert, what we've seen recently with Jalen Hurts. Like I mean. A lot of the stuff we like about Jalen Hurts, Anthony Richardson has those same attributes, um, and in some in some cases, like to an extreme level. You know, um, I just think the system that he's going in is going to be good. I think they're gonna they're gonna take their time with him, and he he could be Cam Newton. You know, and think of how good if you drafted Cam Newton, you had almost a decade of just top eight quarterback. You know, and. I just think that's what we're going to see with Richardson. I, I really, not only, I really like this. Not pick. only, not only top eight, but you know, the upside to break fantasy. Oh yeah, right. Like the dude can have like fifteen rushing touchdowns in a season. Like he he has that type of upside, you know. And you think about it, right? Like what is the first thing you think of? It's like, uh oh, Jonathan Taylor. Like is he is he going to be? You know, he's going to be getting vultured at the goal line. You know, more than we're mm -hmm. used to, right? When they get to the yep. goal line, who's the guy? He's the guy. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. Now, if the entire offense takes a step forward at some point, you might not have to worry about that. But do they use Richardson? I'm assuming they're going to use Richardson a ton around the goal line. Oh, yeah. Well, what it hurts, I, I think all three years he has at least 10 rushing touchdowns. You know? Yeah. So you're talking about he's got 15 rushing touchdown upside. I think 10's his floor. You know? I think he's <laughs> going to have at least 10 rushing touchdowns, Richardson, every year with, like you right. said, potential of 15 you know on some some given years um i guess my question to you is like if you're just looking at this some of the other players like you just mentioned jonathan taylor uh, i think it gives you some pause i'm not overly concerned with it um but i do wonder what your thoughts are on like michael Pittman because you know i, I guess my initial reaction is this isn't a good thing you know because he's not known to be a very accurate quarterback he's going to probably we, we know that scrambling quarterbacks kind of take points away from the receivers oftentimes. But then we also saw what Jalen Hurts did to his receiving core. You know, like I wasn't – we talked about this last offseason. I was not optimistic on the receiving core there, and then they were all awesome. So I guess my question for, like, if you have Michael Pittman, what are you doing with him? In a, I'm, in I'm, I'm, wor I'm worried. 
honestly, yeah. because, you know, J Jalen Hurts, you know, was way more developed than Anthony Richardson, I think. Agreed. Even, you know, like, e even whatever you thought of Jalen Hurts last year, like, be coming into this year, I also had some concerns around Jalen Hurts. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, I thought that he could take a step forward, but where Jalen Hurts was last year, you know, before he, like, really broke fantasy uh, and, you know, improved a ton as a passer – Anthony Richardson is like way behind that, Agreed. you know. So that's my concern with, with, with the the passing weapons, you know, and the accuracy you mentioned. Michael Pittman, you know, he earned a ton of targets last year. He just didn't get a ton of you know yards per reception. So his yardage is low, receptions are high. Could that be the case again this year? Uh, unfortunately, I think that could be. Uh, and does he even have less receptions? you know, this year because of the fact that they might not be throwing the ball as much on top of that, right? Like, yeah. it's not like they had a quarterback where they were just running the ball last year. No, like, they were passing the ball. So, Pittman was getting his targets. But now, you know, we can see 15 rushes a game for Richardson, which yep. is – and then they can also slow slow the game down a little bit as well. So, it's going to be interesting, and man. Um, the Colts don't have, like, this amazing defense either. You know, they have a decent defense. You know, are they going to be able to – you know, sustain that um, and have a ton of plays per game. I, I I don't know. Yeah, when you think about last year, how at certain times, how pass heavy the Colts were with Matt Ryan having some games going over like 50 passing attempts and not running at all. So now mm -hmm. you got to think that, that the pass volume is going to not only come down, but also because he's going to be running so much. And he already wasn't that efficient last year. So, yeah, I, I agree. I was just curious what your take was on it because I have him kind of as a loser. Michael Pittman yeah. from this from this day one, which I like Pittman, so it kind of bums me out. But but I he also does. like Richardson. I'm excited about Richardson too. So it's kind of take the good yeah. with the bad. You know, I think you know we mentioned Jonathan Taylor real quick, like you know about the touchdowns. But in terms of like the run game, like this helps Jonathan Taylor, right? Like mm -hmm. defenses, linebackers are not going to know what to do. Yeah, like if you have any sort of read option back there, it's going to be a problem <laughs> if you're trying to yeah. defend both Richardson and Jonathan Taylor uh, in the. In the in the run game, and the um, Colts the Colts did take a step back as as a um, as an offensive line from the previous year when Jonathan Taylor was the RB one, but their run blocking still pretty good. So I think the two of these guys with some of these design runs, it's gonna be it's gonna be fireworks. It's gonna be fun. Now I I just got a notification real quick, and I'm trying to see who this is from. Um, let's 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 check it out real quick. It's on DeAndre Swift and oh. Jer Jeremy Fowler just tweeted that he has some sources that the Lions are receiving trade calls on running back DeAndre Swift, whose representatives have been in contact with the team about potentially moving to a new team. With Detroit dra drafting Jameer Gibbs, the talented Swift appears poised to leave Detroit. So, yep. makes a lot of sense, right? It's kind of That's going with what we were just talking about pretty much. And, yep. um, you know, this is kind of expected, right? Like, guys, like, let's not jump the gun here with Gibbs and just assume that this is a terrible landing spot. Somebody told me today that it's crazy that they picked Gibbs at number 12 and he's going to be the third string running back. I'm like, dude, <laughs> no, dude, come on, man. That, come and, on, dude. Seriously. And that's where it's like, we've been for us. I know you as well. We've been watching this game a long time. Like we've seen yeah. these things that, and I've made this mistake before of going, Oh, that's a terrible landing spot. Like remember uh, a few years ago, um, Nick Chubb, when he got yeah. drafted to the Browns and we we're like, they just signed Carlos Hyde as a I know. free agent. And like, <laughs> everyone was freaking out. And I remember in dynasty drafts, Chubb was going as like the fifth running back. He was going after Rashad Penny. Insane. He was Insane. going after, I, I don't remember all the running backs and some of the receivers, but he dropped really late in uh, the first round of rookie drafts. And then 
I mean, by they they realized how good Chubb was halfway through the season and they shipped Hyde out of there, you know. So yeah, talent always wins. Hundred percent. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's move on. I want to talk about uh, a couple of these wide receivers who were taken. You know, JSN falled a little, you know, he fell a little bit. Um, you know, I thought he was, he p- could potentially be taken a little earlier. Texans like did this crazy trade to move up to number three, you know, from number 12. Insane. Like, I, I didn't really understand how much they gave up just to move up, you know, nine spots. It was, it was really, really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, aside from that, you know, I thought he might go. That would have been amazing for CJ Stroud. You know, to get yeah, you know I back agree. back with his boy, JSN in Houston. That would have been amazing. I think that would have been a better plan, in my opinion, than what they did. I know Will Anderson is a great player, and he could be an amazing edge player. But like, I don't know if that was the move, to be honest. Especially with how many holes they have. I, I again, I yeah. like I was updating stuff uh, live while this was happening, so I don't know the full details of what they had to give up. But I mean, you have to assume to move up that far. They gave up a lot, and they have a lot of holes. So I think they gave up more than they had to. To be honest with you, like yeah. I'm looking at it now, like they gave up a. Let's see, I, I have it here. I was texting some buddies last night, so they gave up the 12th pick. Obviously, they gave up the 33rd pick, so which is the second pick in yeah, the yeah. second round. Um, next year's first, oh, just man. to move up from 12 to three, dude. And this is yeah. not what you do when you're rebuilding. You know what I'm saying? Like you, yeah. you you're not an edge away from winning. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I get you want to get the next next JJ Watt, I guess, but like still, it's it's yeah. it's weird. Anyway, no, I get it. So so you know, JSN moves past a couple guys. I thought the Jets might have grabbed him, but they ended up reaching on an edge player as well. Um, so you know, that was that would have been amazing, you know, reunited mm-hmm. with Garrett Wilson in you know in New York. Uh, but now, you know, you have JSN going to the Seahawks, which is a super interesting landing spot, right? A lot of people thought that, you know, Geno Smith might have been, you know, uh, a short-term solution here. But, you know, the Seahawks are kind of a win-now team also, right? They're kind of in the middle. So a lot of people were mocking Anthony Richardson to them, right? And I I get it, but they went the other way. They said, no, 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 no. We believe in Geno. We're going to give him another weapon. So now the Seahawks have one of the best wide receiver trios in the league at this point. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and JSN. Uh, what's your initial thoughts on, on this landing spot for JSN? It's another one where it's like, I like it as a football move. You know, I love it for Seattle as far as just like, I think that's a good move. That receiving course legit. It was already legit, but now it's like super legit. Um, I don't love it in the short term for JSN though. I mean, he's got two ballers that he's playing with in Tyler Lockett mm-hmm. and DK Metcalf. And I still, I know to his core, Pete Carroll, he wants to get a lot of he wants to mix in the run a lot. He's going to be very balanced, um, not going to be very pass heavy. I think there's also a chance Gino could take a step back. Like I, I still I need to see another year of Gino performing right. like he did last year before I'm ready to say, oh, no, Gino's good. So he could he could come crashing back down to the old Gino, you know, so sure. I don't I don't love it. I think it's going to his dynasty stock's going to take a hit. Um, but it's one of those situations where I still believe I think he's a good player. 
that I mean, Tyler Lockett's, I think he's going into his age 31 season. You know, eventually yep. he's going to overtake Lockett. Uh, DK will still be there, but two two wide receivers, that's fine. You know, you, it could be like an A.J. Brown, uh, Devonta Smith situation, you know, where both of them are doing well. So I think he takes a dip in the short term, but I, I think long term, I, I believe in the player. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? I'm actually not moving him in my dynasty okay. ranks. I think I still think he's the wide receiver one uh, in dynasty, you know, in, in among these rookies. Um, and honestly, I was I was taking him ahead of Jameer Gibbs in dynasty rookie drafts. And I think I still am. Okay. And I don't want to overvalue the landing spot here, um, you know, because of the fact that, you know, I do think that he's, he's a very talented wide receiver. And I think that, yes, like he has these guys that he has to kind of, you know, he, he has a couple of wide receivers who he has to compete with, but look at the wide receivers he, he was competing with at Ohio. <laughs> State. Good, good point. Right, he was already competing with Chris Olave. He was already competing with Garrett Wilson, two ballers, two guys who I think have higher ceilings than both Tal Lockett and DK Metcalf. Even so, J- Jamison Williams for at least a year, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. yeah. So it's it's one of those things where you know I, I'm not mad at the situation. You know they have a quarterback at least. Yes, Geno Smith. Like I would love to see another year. I agree with you, but you know, listen, I'm I'm going to say this. I don't think it's far-fetched to say that Jason has a chance of outperforming these guys, and the, even in year one. Now, I don't think that this is going to be a situation where the targets are clearly going to go JSN's way, and I think that is the concern, right? Because you still got to give DK his targets. You still got to give Lockett his targets as long as he's staying healthy. So for fantasy in year one, it's going to be inconsistent, I think. Uh, but I think long-term, I think this is a stable franchise, Right. The Seahawks, you know, they find a way to get it done with Pete Carroll there. They're going to find, you know, their quarterback, you know, that that is going to be there after Gino or maybe Gino ends up being the guy for the next couple of years. Gino isn't that old, guys. He's not like 38 years old. He's like, what is he, 32? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So he's not, you know, he could if he's truly if he has truly advanced, you know, his uh, his 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 game, then he could be there for the next couple of years. And if Lockett is going to be on the outs you know, in terms of him getting a little bit older, we could potentially see JSN, you know, emerge sooner than later. So I'm not mad at the landing spot. I think it's as good. Like sometimes you end up with a a landing spot where not that you're competing with good wide receivers because that's not always a bad thing, but you might be in a place where like you don't really have a good quarterback, right? Or you have a young quarterback who isn't developed yet. So I don't think it's terrible. I'm not. I'm not over. I don't want to overreact to to uh, uh, what might seem like uber competition for 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 JSN. I'm curious to see how they'll use him too. You know, because because I know he's been very effective in the slot, and Tyler Lockett has been very effective in the slot. So yeah. I think I think there's going to be some overlap with him and Lockett. You know, where I think so too. Where maybe I, I think I think they'll probably go primarily eleven personnel. Mm-hmm. Um, now, because I know that they run a lot, they, they like to have a lot of tight ends on the field too. But I think it's really because of a lack of personnel last year. Yeah. But now, if they have those three ballers, they're not going to leave those guys off the field, right? So I think they're going to go eleven personnel, three wide receiver, and I think, I think Lockett and JSN will alternate between the slot and the flanker position, similar to how they did with Lockett and Paul Richardson several years ago mm-hmm. um i know R- richardson was a speed guy you know you know jason is not that guy but in terms of like where they were lining up i think they could do something similar to that because yeah. I, I don't think 
they're going to, you know, be putting Jason at the X, right? Like that's, that's DK's position. Um, right. And he's going to stay there pretty much. Yep. He's going to be the only one that's like really on the line. on yep. every play. Yep, yep. I would say. All right. So moving on, um, you know, the order that I thought this, this, this draft was going to go in in terms of wide receivers, not how I thought it was, was going to play out. I thought it was going to go JSN. Well, this is the order that I had it in, right? Like, yeah. so my order, my top five was JSN, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, super close to Zay Flowers, yeah. you know, kind of in a similar tier. Um, and then I had Josh Downs and then I had Quentin Johnston. I did not think Josh Downs was going to go ahead of Quentin Johnston. I did not, right. I knew that I, I had a pretty good feeling Josh Downs was going to go in the second round regardless. I just do like him better. But, uh, you know, we had Quentin Johnston going to the Chargers, a spot where I thought, that it was really going to be either Zay, either I was going to say Zay, Zay Jones, um, <laughs> Zay Flowers, or Jordan Addison, right? That's that's I thought Chargers were going to get one of those guys, and this is an interesting pick for me, man, because I, I think that Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison, both of them, honestly, like were the you know were the better wide receivers, you know, and I yeah. think they would have complemented the wide receivers that they do have. A little bit better than Johnson does. So, what's your what's your reaction to this? Just overall, not only for the Chargers um, and that offense, but also for Johnson's fantasy stock. Yeah. So, to I kind of agree with you on that. So, as far as just the Chargers, like you said, as like a real life football thing, um, it, it, he's redundant to Mike Williams a little bit. You know, they've got now three big-bodied wide receivers i mean keenan allen as a 6-2 slot wide receiver you know so they got they got some big wide receivers i will say i do think as far as him for fantasy this is obviously a good move for johnson landing with justin herbert because yeah. keenan allen's 31 um i don't know how much longer we can expect him to remain with the chargers um and any receiver getting attached to justin herbert especially a big arm quarterback like him that can fit it anywhere on the field I like that for him, but I agree with you that I would have liked to seen. I I I liked Addison there, played at USC, mm-hmm. you know, staying in 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 Los Angeles. I kind of liked the having him with Mike Williams, you know, in the long term, kind of yeah, having the diversity in the wide receiver group. Um, because I think that Johnson's going to have a harder time against NFL corners. You know, I think it's going right. to be he's going to be relying a lot on Herbert's arm. Um, right. But overall, I think this is a win for Johnston, his stock, obviously, going as the number two wide receiver. Because if I'm not mistaken, wasn't I think they pulled him from the uh, draft. Did he get did he go up on stage to take the uh, when he got drafted? He I wasn't thought, invited. He wasn't invited. I thought they re, they re, uh, pulled his invite because they didn't expect him to go round one. There I was only the only wide receiver to get invited. So it was Jason uh, and Zay Flowers. That was it. Correct. Yeah. Oh wait, so no. I, Jordan Addison was there. Jordan Addison was there. Actually, yeah, you're right. I remember him you're coming right. out, and then they just they just like switched the commercial like while he was coming out. I was <laughs> yeah, like, come yeah. on, <laughs> you can oh, Addison some love here. <laughs> yeah. No, but but uh, I think there was some. I didn't know for sure if he'd go round, but the fact he did tied Herbert and now with more in the mix there, I think it's great for him. I think it's great for Herbert. Uh, yeah, I, I'd say stock up on on those two guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, Quentin Johnston, you know, was, um, you know, somebody who I thought that needed a situation like this in order for him to, you know, to up his game, right? And I think that the quarterback, there were some quarterback issues, I think, you know, uh, where he played in college. So 
there is a possibility that Justin Herbert, you know, can elevate his game a little bit. And I think the main concern with Johnson was always, you know, his hands, how he catches, how he high points and his body catches and stuff like that. You know, even his contested catches, even though he's made a a million, not a million, that's scratch that. He made a lot of good plays where you think that he's a good contested catch player. Similar to, I think we just, I think you mentioned this on one of my posts that, you know, Chase Claypool, right? Similar contested catch player, but he's actually not. Just because they have the size doesn't mean they they have that ability. Yeah, right. It's it's like a it's like a a rebounder in the NBA. You know, you'd look at someone like Dennis Rodman back in the day, and you're like, how is that guy a good rebounder? Well, he just goes (laughs) and gets it. You know, like some guys are just better at going and getting it. That's a great analogy. Um, So yeah, so so I think I think Johnson does. uh, I'm not necessarily moving him though. Like I, I I still. You know, I'm okay with him as my wide receiver four. Like, I'm probably going to, you know, I'm probably going to move Williams to my wide receiver. I'm uh, Johnson, Mike Williams. I see. I keep getting confused. Yeah, see, uh, yeah, it's easy I'm going to move, <laughs> move Johnson to my wide receiver four over Josh Downs just because he got the first round draft capital. He still has some pretty good metrics. We talked about this before in this podcast plenty of times where he still has a lot of the metrics that you look for, you know, early breakout age, you know, um, you know, that sort of thing where like, you're like, all right, well, I think he could potentially get it done yards per route run. Like he was, he was productive. Right. So there is a world where he, he is okay in the NFL. Um, I think, I just think he's just have, he does have a few things to work on. Um, yeah, Zay Flowers and, was it? Uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Go no, ahead, I was just gonna say now you're about to talk about Zay Flowers. So, yeah. um, you it sounds like you have Zay Flowers ahead of him, and I'm I'm curious to hear uh, your thoughts on that. Yeah, so <laughs> you know it's one of those things, man. Like Zay Flowers, uh, and I talked about this with Matt Harmon a little bit because when you look at all of the numbers, right, and you're like, all right, well, like where is it for Zay Flowers? Like, but then you watch the guy play, and you're like, oh, okay, so. If I'm strictly going off the spreadsheet, like Jordan Addison is way above Zay Flowers for okay. me. Um, but when I watch him play, he moves the needle a lot more. Um, you know, contested catches, being able to play any position, um, playing very well against press coverage at his size, you know, reminds me of guys like the Steelers, you know, wide receivers of the past where like very good against press coverage, very good route runner, precision, that sort of thing. And you know, I think, you know, he creates separation with ease. So yeah. he's he's that's the reason why I have him there. And you can't really say the same thing with Quentin Johnston, who doesn't have a full route tree, um, doesn't run as crisp routes. Um, we'll have to depend on a lot of the after catch after the catchability that he's really good at. Um, so that you know, that's really the reason why I have Zay Flowers. And Addison like checks a lot of boxes as well, yeah. uh, with the production profile. I had an absolutely ridiculous twenty twenty one season. Um, you know, before he transferred to to, to uh, oh yeah, his, his pit season, yeah, yeah, his pit season with uh, Kenny Pickett, um, yep. you know, just absolutely destroyed. Um, but yeah, you know, I I did have him ahead of him, and and he went to uh, Zay Flowers ended up going to the Ravens, where you know I think this is a low key you know good landing spot, and, and I I think you know you, you think of a wide receiver paired with Lamar. Right. And you're like, oh, well, like, you know, this is probably not a good landing spot. But I think there are a few changes coming. Okay. Um, First of all, Lamar actually has some good weapons now. Right. When Hollywood Brown was there, there were no other wide receivers that he could depend on. Right. It was Hollywood and Mark Andrews. 
and that's it, yep. right? Now, they were very run heavy. However, their, their offensive coordinator has moved on. They brought in Todd Munkin, who is a pass-heavy offensive coordinator. Now, do I think they're going to be throwing the ball 45 times a game? No. Okay, there's going to be a lot of design runs still, obviously, because you have Lamar Jackson. Um, but I do think they're going to drop back more, which is also good for Lamar because that means more scrambles, more tuck and runs. So that's good for Lamar. Now he has weapons. And, and he has OBJ. I think Rashad Bateman still has a chance to eventually break out. I st- I, I'm still holding out a little bit of hope for Rashad Bateman. And now you have Zay Flowers. And I think Zay Flowers, I wouldn't be surprised if Zay Flowers led this receiving core in targets in year one. I, I, I really wouldn't. Now, Mark Andrews is there too. So, you know, obviously he's going to get his fair share of targets as well. Maybe he leads the team in targets. But I think overall, we're going to see the passing numbers inflated a little bit. Uh, going into this year. And I think Zay Flowers is going to benefit. I don't think, you know, I saw someone joke on one of my posts saying that he's going to lead this team in targets per game at four (laughs) targets per game. No, Uh, And and I get it. I get the joke, but I think this is going to be a different offense. And that's the point that I want to emphasize. This is not the same Ravens offense where you had Roman, Greg Roman running it. It's going to be a, a little bit of a different show going into next year. Well, remind me, I don't know if you remember. Was Munkin there when Jameis Winston threw for like five thousand yards? Yes. Uh, and, and so we saw this with Josh Allen when they got finally got him some weapons. When they got Stephon Diggs, he went from the Bills being one of the most run-heavy teams in the league to the most pass-heavy, if I'm not mistaken, or at least top five pass-heavy teams. So I think I think you're right about that. Um, this is yeah. I, I mean, we still don't know what the OBJ is going to be, um, but it does feel very. Hollywood signing. I mean, I think they even picked Hollywood Brown around pick 21 or 22 or something like that, you know? So this feels like that. And we did see Hollywood um, that one year before Lamar got hurt was like a top six wide receiver, you know? So if, if Zay flowers is Hollywood, uh, great. Yeah. Like that's great. That means you hit, you know, like people are acting like this is, this wouldn't be a good pick if it's not how this, if this is Hollywood, Mm -hmm. that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Just think about this for a second. On a per-target basis, Hollywood Brown was like top five in fantasy points, okay? So imagine if someone like Hollywood was on an offense where they were passing the ball a ton, right? If if Lamar Jackson – him and Lamar had a great connection together, right? And if he was on an offense where they were passing the ball more, the dude, like, would have finished really, really high for fantasy, and I yeah. think, you know, Zay Flowers now, if, he, if, he, if he's the guy who I think he could be in the NFL, we could see something similar or maybe even better. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I think all of these wide receivers, as far as like where they landed, um, and we just talked about Addison too, I think, it's, I think it's good overall. And it's funny that they all just went four in a row. You know, <laughs> yep, yep. 20, 20. And it was funny as I was updating the, I was trying, I was like scrambling to keep up with the picks that were coming in. Yeah. And I was like hoping for like a lineman because I wasn't posting about like defensive <laughs> right, players right. or linemen. And then they just kept coming in. I was like, ah, like I was like <laughs> scrambling, you know. But um, yeah, I think low key, you could, other than, than um, Johnston, and I, it depends on what you think of Madison. I think you're right though. I think uh, like with JSN and Zay Flowers, the initial thought is, ooh, I don't love that landing spot. But it's like, Take right. a breath, like like let it simmer, like have a good night's sleep like we all got last night. And then you wake up and you're like, you know what? I actually don't mind that landing spot. And I would agree with you. I think I, I don't think that um, with Lamar Jackson, we're going to see like 2018, 2019 bucks, whatever, like the super pass heavy 
But right. I do think we'll see kind of what we saw with um, with Philadelphia, maybe. Yeah. You, you know, from 2021 to 2022, where it's like they're still a, they still run a lot. They're still very balanced, but it's it's quite a bit more passing and, and efficient passing to go with exactly. it. You know, exactly. So. That's that's a great analogy. I, I like that a lot. Um, I really like. Jordan Addison's landing spot. You know, I think if you're looking at all the wide receivers, I think the best year one landing spot would be Jordan Addison in Minnesota because you obviously have Justin Jefferson there as the one. He did not have a clear number two wide receiver. Listen, I I know that what's the dude's name in, in you know I don't even know his name, dude. Like the guy what, in Carolina, Adam Thielen. No, no, no. In, oh. in who's who, who's the slot receiver for for the Vikings? Oh, what's his name? I- now you're messing me up. Uh, okay. Okay. Don't even say it. <laughs> okay. Steve, don't even say it. That is our point. We just made yeah, our point just now. Okay. Yeah. Listen, I, I told – no, I got to look it up now. So I know. I'm, scroll, I'm scrolling my uh, rankings <laughs> right now trying to find it. KJ, o- KJ Osborne. KJ Osborne. By, by the way, are. Frost, KJ- this, is, I, this is my fault because on our, our podcast that we do, this is me with like half the players. Like I can never remember Tony Pollard's name. Like I've had to start writing them down on my my hand, you know, because I just get like to talking and then like my mind, you know, I'll be on one subject and then I'm like I have this blind spot for like a player's name. But uh, so I apologize, uh, um, my fault. <laughs> no, listen, Zach knows. Zach does this podcast with me a lot. He's a young buck. His mind is fresh. Fresh. Uh, he always he has to remind me of players all the time. So oh, yeah. it is what it is. Um, you know, I'm okay with it as long as I provide solid analysis around yeah. the forgotten forgotten player. Like, I'm okay with it. Listen, like, um, if I could, if people can see my mind, I can picture number 17. I can picture him and how he looks. I just the name's not. You know, I'm over 40 now, so it's not like you said. It's I'm not quite as sharp as I was in my 20s. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Zach is like half our age. Jesus Christ. All right. So um, anyway, uh, so yeah, Jordan Addison, man. Like, I like the year one landing spot because you have Justin Jefferson as the number one. You had TJ Hawkinson, you know, who was basically just he was just fed a ton of targets. But when you look at the numbers, he wasn't really efficient, right? Like he wasn't like in the top 10 in yards per route run or anything like that. Like he wasn't overly getting it done on a per target basis or per route basis. So when you consider that, you're like, okay, well, Jordan Addison can come in here and potentially overtake Hawkinson as the number two target. I think this is a big upgrade from Adam Thielen. Obviously, he's, he's older. Carolina likes really overpaid him. Good for Thielen. Um, but I think this is a situation where Addison clearly steps into a wide receiver two role with a good quarterback on you know what could be a good offense. And Justin Jefferson is going to be taking a ton of the heat away from Addison. I think he can have a pretty good rookie year. I completely agree. And this team, like they were good last year as far on offense. They were fourth in passing yards um, in total scoring. They were eighth plays per game. They were seventh. Uh, I mean, I love this landing spot. I think it's 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 this offense is going to be amazing. And I think this is obviously really good for Kirk Cousins. You know, he's going to he's going to continue to be that guy that nobody wants to draft. <laughs> Maybe they'll want to draft him a little more now that Addison's there, but nobody wants to draft and he'll low key finishes like the QB 13 or, <laughs> you know, like the QB 12 or something like that. He's right. just going to, he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like the uh, fantasy finish. Like overall is going to be like court QB yes. 13 yes. And like on, a per, on a, on a, on a per game basis. It's going to be like quarterback nine or something. Absolutely. Like that, you know? <laughs> oh no, he's going to be, yeah. He's just going to be that guy that you're like, 
you're not excited that he's on your roster, but you're like, hey, he's not losing me weeks, you know, and he's exactly. going to just kind of get it done. So I like it. No, I like it for him. I like it for Cut. I, and like you said, I even like it uh, for Justin Jefferson. And, and like this whole offense is going to be so efficient. I think, you know, we had a, a like a couple of dud games for Jefferson just because the defense defenses ha- like doubled him on a few in a few of those games. And yeah. that's going to happen, right? Like with any amazing wide receiver, had we, we saw with Devontae Adams for like a, a, a real stretch of three or four games yeah. last year. And we're going to have it with these elite guys because it, some teams are just like, hey, listen, we cannot have their best player just go off on us. Let's just take him away. Yeah. But I think Jordan Addison is a good enough player. And then on top of that, they have TJ Hawkinson to the point where like, you know, Kirk's going to have his targets, uh, you know, going to have his, his, um, his choice of targets when Je- Jefferson is on, when Jefferson's covered. So it's going to be a situation where like, I think Jefferson's, <laughs> you know, ha- could have a better year, potentially even more consistency because he has better weapons around him. Well, and you think of this, that kind of Rams McVay style offense that they run yes. there. Look at what the receivers were doing there. Robert Woods, people forget, but that guy was a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy. You know, he and Cooper Cup were getting it done. So I'm excited. I I think this was a smash, smash win for who slides into the Cooper Cup role. It's Jordan Addison. Listen, Justin Jefferson was moved into the slot a ton, right? Last year. Um, but I think what's going to happen now is I think Jefferson's going to play a little bit more on the outside because Addison's really a slot player. He's going to yeah. play flanker a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, at Pitt, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure he was playing on the outside a ton. Not a whole lot of press. Didn't have a whole lot of success against press coverage, according to reception perception. Um, okay. But, you know, it's one of those situations where, like, now Jefferson, I think, will play a lot more flanker, a lot more X where Jordan Addison kind of sticking into the slot a little bit. And listen, we know what that offense can do for a slot wide receiver. Justin Jefferson was one of the most efficient wide receivers out of the slot last year. That's regardless of what, what, what system he was in, he would probably do that. But mm-hmm. in this particular system, I think it's notable to say like, okay, like you, you, you see the success of Cooper cup in a similar situation. Yeah. You see the success of Amon Ross St. Brown in a similar role. And you're like, okay, Let's see what Jordan Addison can do on a good offense. So I'm yep. I'm looking forward to seeing what, what these guys can do in Minnesota for sure. Yep. Yep. Now let, let's hit on Dalton Kincaid uh going to the yeah. Bills. Um this is a polarizing one, you know, because a lot of people were like, this doesn't make any sense. The Bills moved up ahead of the Cowboys to grab him. Um the Cowboys ended up not even taking Michael Mayer, even though you know he was linked to them a little bit. Um, a lot of teams had him above Kincaid uh, on their big boards. The Cowboys apparently didn't. And I'm very curious to know, like, hey, like, if it's true that if Kincaid fell to the Cowboys, would they have gone with him? Um, that would have been pretty interesting. I think, you know, Ferguson, you know, is still like kind of, you know, alive at this point. You know, the fact that they, they haven't taken a tight end so far. But before I say what I think about Dalton Kincaid's landing spot, you know, obviously Dawson Knox is there, so it was a little confusing for a lot of people. But I want to know what you think about this landing spot, about you know what to expect from Kincaid and his career with there, and maybe some immediate. Or is there going to be any immediate production? Just just curious, what you think? I think it's hard to bank on immediate production from any tight end. Um, not a knock on him as a player or anything, but um, I he was my favorite tight end in this tight end class, and it's not a knock against Michael Mayer. It's just that when I and I wouldn't consider myself any kind of like film expert or anything like that. But when I first look, this is why I don't like to just, I try to do both as much as, as best as I can. If you just look at like the spreadsheet and I see he's a 20, 20, 
22 is he, I thought he was going to be 23 at the start of the year. I can't remember, but seemed like a little bit older prospect coming out. Yeah. And I was like a little bit nervous about that. And then I started watching his tape and I was like, Oh man. And, and I hate even saying it, but I was seeing Travis Kelsey. I was just looking at him <laughs> who Kelsey was also a late prospect, you know, and he yeah. just looks like he's got, he's not as big as Kelsey. He's a bit smaller of a tight end, but he moves kind of like a wide receiver. Um, yeah. I just thought as far as fantasy goes, I want that move tight end. You know, I'm not as yeah. interested in the all around tight end, you know? So um, I think there is a good chance he could have been um, the uh, Dalton Schultz replacement if right. if they didn't jump him. And I love this because I already liked him. Um, I know I was looking at PFF did their consensus rankings and like Sam Monson, uh, Mike Renner, and I can't remember which one of their other analysts had. Mm-hmm. They all had him as like a top uh 20 prospect on their big board and i think jeremiah i think Jer- daniel jeremiah had him at like his eighth overall eighth, prospect or something he did like that. yeah he had him at eighth and i i want to say sam had him at like 10th so they were all like very high on him which was was great because i was already high on him i was like if i see other analysts that i respect have it as high on him it's like kind of validates it a little bit and then now the yeah. fact that any tight end going in round one it's kind of like running back a little bit. You don't see too many of it unless you're like Kyle Pitts, right. you know, or, or something like that. So the fact that he went round one, the fact that he's tied to Josh Allen now, um, I love it. Love it for him. I think it's it's a he's a one of the biggest risers for me for, for Dynasty. Yeah. And I think it's also obviously a good thing for Josh Allen. So I, I agree with a lot of the things that you said, Steve. And, you know, I think it's still a little bit tricky to pick a tight end relatively early in in rookie drafts regardless of how much we like the landing spot the draft capital and all of that um you know i think the correlation between you know a, a running back going in the first round compared to the, compared to a tight end going to the first round it's a lot like it's a lot better for running backs right it's a really tricky and i think it's one of the hardest positions to evaluate the tight end position and a lot of these first round tight ends like don't actually pan out to a ton of upside sometimes it happens sometimes it doesn't so it's one of those situations where, like, I think you're right. I think Kincaid is a, is a really good prospect. And I want to hit on him being an older prospect. Even if you look back at what he was doing, he really only started to play football a couple years ago. Like, yeah. and that's part of the reason why he was playing basketball and he was playing other sports and stuff. So he has a lot, like, Which, he looks what? really good in terms of, like, him being a route runner. Like, to, to have that type of route running skills, like, without that much football experience is, like, pretty impressive. And for the record, when, when I'm told – he wasn't playing football because he was playing college basketball. I always you actually see that as a good thing. Like I'm thinking yeah. of DeAndre Hopkins playing college basketball. 100%. I'm thinking Drake, Drake think London. Like Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates, yeah. someone in that position, right? These like your elite athletes. Tony Gonzalez, you know? Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we're so, I guess you know. we're saying he's Tony Gonzalez. <laughs> I think so. Like a, no, a blend between Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, and Travis Kelsey, pretty much. But but, um, but I will agree with you on the whole thing. Like, who is Evan Ingram? I was trying to get this pulled up while you were talking, but um, yeah, he was one of the best rookie tight ends we've seen in a while, as far as what he did year one. Yeah. It wasn't that amazing. It was like right. eleven points per game. You know what I mean? So to your point, yeah, it, it's not like he was like the tight end one or like the top three, four tight end where you're really making a huge difference. At the yeah. Position. Yeah. I think it's overall, I love the landing spot, but I agree with you. It's like, I, I don't know how far I'm moving him up because it's not like all of a sudden he jumps these wide receivers or a lot of these running backs we're going to see go in day two, you know? I prefer, I, I like, if a, if a wide receiver's going, like, you know, I prefer some of these running backs to wide receivers, even in the second yeah. round and third round, 
and in the going into the second round of my rookie draft too. So like, you know, Kincaid might be like a mid second round at the earliest for me. Yeah. And I yeah. know that a lot of people want to put him, you know, middle end of second round or something like that if they if they like the landing spot, which I do. And let's talk about why we like the landing spot, right? And I think like you know, and Dawson Knox, you know, Dawson Knox just signed an extension like early September last year before last season. Now, would the Bills have done the same thing after this season? Right. I don't think so. I think hindsight is twenty twenty here. And I think they are, you know, King, I think Knox is a better blocker for sure. Kincaid is really like a wide receiver dressed, you know, as a tight end pretty yeah. much. Um, so I think this is actually a weapon for Josh Allen. They're going to use him that way. Uh, similar to like Dar- Darren Waller type of player where, you know, you line him up outside, you line him up in the slot and, you know, he's a wide receiver similar to what they're doing with Kyle Pitts. Right. So that's kind of how I see him. And I think that I am not worried about Knox at all. Like in terms of Kincaid's value, um, this year, next year, I, I don't, I, I'm not banking on Kincaid to 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 produce in year one, like in a meaningful way, but later on, like, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with Kincaid as a tight end one, um, fantasy tight end one in this draft class after what we just saw and the fact that he's paired with Josh Allen, like, what else yeah. do you want? I know. Well, and you know what, I'd compare it to a little bit, but but even a better version of that is um, is uh. Here we go. The the <laughs> the, uh, the tight end for the Eagles, uh, Dal- uh, Dallas Goddard. Yeah, two years ago, great, when when, when great they great. had when they had Zach Ertz, you know, and they took him got Goddard in the second round. You kind of knew the writing was on the wall for Ertz, and it took a little while. You know, I think it took a year or two before they finally moved on from Ertz. But they, but even Goddard had some. He showed flashes year one. You know, yep. but probably I think Kincaid will put up some. 20 point games this season, mm-hmm. you know, will he be in your lineup? That's hard to say, but, right. uh, but I think long-term this is going to be, look, I think the bills, I mean, it's a copycat league. I think they see what the chiefs have with Travis Kelsey and how you can have the best wide receivers in the world, but sometimes the tight end, if you can get a difference maker and somebody yeah. who you just can't match up against, like, look at that, what exactly. Kelsey has done for Mahomes, And I think the bills are like, we want that, you know, on our roster. Yeah, and like he's going to be primarily going up against safeties, linebackers, mm-hmm. and nickel corners. So like you yeah. know that like I'll take that all day. You know, yeah. um, and, and zone coverage on top of that. And yeah, you know exactly. when you're talking about wide receiver, like these wide receivers have to be good against zone and man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something to think about. Um, but yeah, I think that that'll do it, man. Like you know, there's obviously you know a bunch of potential day two guys going off the board you know maybe josh downs would be the first wide receiver taken in the second round we'll see we're really curious to see you know how high jonathan mingo ends up rising um you know there are a few guys that that i'm interested in day two and then you know obviously there's gonna be a ton of running backs taken in rounds two and three tonight which i'm really really looking forward to um a lot of landing spots zach charbonnet right still on the board um, do you have a seat? Do you have like a, a, a landing spot for Charbonnet that you're hoping that, that he ends up going to? Uh, you know, I, I kind of, I think it's probably too late. This, yeah, no, I kind of had Philly as a guy I was like eyeing, but that was kind of the end of the, the, the first round, you know? So yeah. I could see him potentially Arizona if they, uh-huh. if they, cause Jonathan or, uh, Connor, James Connor has been a little bit dinged up here and there. Um, right. you know, Carolina, I could see they've got a, a pick, you know, pick 39. And I think they could use, you know, like Miles Sanders hasn't been the, I don't want him to go there just because Miles Sanders is there, but I, I think they could right. be a dark horse to, to try to, to have that backup running back. Um, yep. Yeah. I don't know. There's, there's a day, day two is going to be, the second round is going to be fun. 
I think you're going to see kind of like what we've, what we've seen. Isn't that been kind of the trend the last few years where it's like the second round is the running back round where you yeah. just see these running backs going left and right. So um, there's a lot of good if, running backs. I still if, see that. If, if, if Charbonnet falls a little bit, like if he doesn't get taken early, like I love the Dolphins at 51. Oh, that's like, the one I forgot to bring up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a perfect fit. Like yeah. Charbonnet is like a one one cut zone runner. Mm-hmm. And like paired with that offense, like that's exactly what the type of that type of offense that they have coming over. You know, that's that's Mike McDaniel's offense, right? So, yeah. if you could get that, listen, man, I uh, know on a good offense, clear goal line back on top of that, yeah. shit, like I would love that. Dude. that, that <laughs> that's probably my favorite landing spot for Charbonnet if I had to pick one team to grab him. I, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, I forgot to mention Miami, but that would be that would be my favorite. I think my least favorite would be if New England picked him up. Just I, I wouldn't <laughs> oh, want yeah. that headache. They've got oh, a yeah. pick, kind of. They've got a few picks in there. So um, no, he's he's one I'm excited about. Um, I was trying to think if there was another guy. I was uh, oh Spears. Now you talk mm. to 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 Ty J. Do you have any thoughts on where you think he might go? Because he's a guy I like. He's a guy yeah. I thought you know the Broncos could maybe take him in like. So you know it's funny because like we were talking before the podcast started, and he told me the teams that he visited with. Okay. And then I, I I hinted towards that question while we were recording, and he didn't give me as clear of an answer. He gave me like a yeah, vague yeah. answer. So yeah. I have a feeling that he didn't want me to kind of like, no, no, like leak it on the podcast. Oh, um, of course. So yeah. I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you off air. Um, but you know the a team that I was looking at was the Patriots, like you mentioned, you know yeah. that, and I think that he could potentially. He's not a guy who's going to get twenty touches either, right? Per yeah. game, and the Patriots, I think, is a decent fit for that type of of scheme where, you know, you have obviously you have a, a great early down running back in in um, Ramondre Stevenson, and I think Ty J Spears would be the perfect complement, right? So yeah. I think that could be a, a pretty decent from, and especially from an NFL perspective, like it might suck for fantasy um, because Ramondre was just soaking up targets and receptions last year, so like you you, you he might not be as you know uh, he won't be an RB one. That's, I, I don't think he, right, right, he right. would be in that situation because I think Spears is a good running back. Um, yeah. So I think that would be a decent one-two punch, especially like if you're looking at it from an NFL perspective. Yeah. You know, a, a, a couple other guys on, obviously we just talked about Will Levis. He's going to be the guy that's on camera, you know, the, the whole day. <laughs> the whole, they're they're going to be showing him, but I think a low key good landing spot for Levis. Now this isn't going to be good for this year, but uh-huh. the the Rams, you know, I 100% agree with you. I love like, it. Like, like, I I don't know the whole um the whole thing there with Matt Stafford last year and his wife on her podcast saying she didn't want him to play football anymore because yeah. of the concussions and stuff. I think there's a there's one of those chances where it could be kind of an Andrew Luck situation where maybe he's like, you know, hangs it up a little bit early. Um, and I still like McVeigh as an OC and 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 of course. what he could do in that offense. So, um, I think that could be a sneaky good landing spot. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm excited, man. I, I can't wait. Yeah. I'm going to be doing the same thing I did last night. Just gr- like grinding <laughs> and, and, and loving it, living it up. Man. It, it's fun, man. You know what? To be honest with you, man, like I was looking more at my phone than I was at the, at the TV, oh. uh, just because I was like posting, putting up mm-hmm. stories and stuff like that during the draft. So like, I'll be doing the same thing tonight, guys. Uh, and we're trying to get this podcast out as soon as possible so that you guys can, uh, you know, soak in day one and then, you know, get ready for day two. Uh, but yeah, man, like I'm hoping guys like Tank Bigsby, Roshan Johnson, um, like my guy, 
Kendra Miller. Like we'll see where he he lands. Like he, there's a huge range for Kendra Miller. Like between rounds two and four, I'm hoping it's not you know round four because I'm a big fan of his. So I want yeah. him to get his draft capital. Kenny McIntosh, another versatile back who could go as late as round five, could go as yeah. early as round two. Have we have no idea. Um, so I think now it gets to the point where like you just kind of don't know what's going to happen. No, you don't. And I, I think guys that, that might be ranked higher, like on the fantasy thing, like a, um, a Devin A chain. Yeah. I feel like I've seen that player before drop to like round six or seven, you know, right. like I you just that. never know with some of this stuff. So it's going to be, with it's him, gonna be a wild it's ride. like, you know, with a chain, it's like, even if he does get the draft capital, man, like it's just so hard for me to trust no. that for fantasy. No, <laughs> really he, it, it's literally, he's the, he would be the outlier of outliers, you know, and it's but, just not I'll a, say this. It, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, it's not, if you just want to go by the numbers, it's, it's, it's one you want to avoid, you know, you just, you're just playing the, 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 the wrong side of probability. What if he goes with the, to the Chiefs at 63? Well, now I'm back in, you know, just like we all got sucked in with CEH, you know, a few years ago. Oh, man. Uh, oh you just reminded me though. That's who needs to trade for DeAndre Swift. Back during the Ooh. 2019 draft, I was like, of all play, like I like Swift and Jonathan Taylor much more than Clyde. Mm. And I will say I got a little bit overly influenced, like most of us did, with the Andy Reid, you know, the, yeah, the, of course. the history there and, and Patrick Mahomes. But that's who I thought was the much better running back uh, back during that draft class. That would be Kansas City needs to make that move. They've got. Well, I, I, I commend you for that because that, that's, that's, that was a good process. Yeah, and they got they got pick ninety five and pick sixty three. Yeah, to move one of those picks and get Swift, please. I love it. I love <laughs> it. That would be that would be. Hey man, I I was telling people to buy Swift, and I I still think I'll be honest with you guys. Like today, I, I know the report came out from from Fowler, you know, saying that they're probably going to move him. So that kind of sucks if you're yeah. trying to buy him. But like, I was just going to say, like, buy Swift right now because you you'll be able. He was already cheap. To begin with, I think, mm -hmm. and now he's he was going to be even cheaper. You know, if he ends up getting moved today, like I think that he his value ends up skyrocketing because another coach, another team can use him totally differently, and yeah. he can actually become a legit fan. He was super efficient in the past game last year, dude. Like when he was oh, on yeah. the field, he's still a very good running back. It's just that it seems like Detroit is just over him. Okay, yeah, no, he's, I think he's really good. I think we can go forever, dude. Like we could talk forever, <laughs> I know, and like I know. we can break down this entire. I don't want to hang up for us, but, <laughs> so, uh. but let, let's let's get out of here. Um, let's get back to our day, and um, looking forward to day two and day three, man. Um, and you know, appreciate you, Steve. Make sure course, to follow anytime. Steve at Fantasy Guides on Instagram. He has amazing draft kits, amazing draft products. Just overall, his draft, his regular draft kit for the season it's, he gets he gets you ready for any type of format dynasty redraft whatever uh so make sure to, to follow steve there and uh hit him up super nice guy obviously if you if you the, the the guy that you're hearing right now on the podcast is exactly who he is in real life so so make sure you tune in and, and give him a follow uh but yeah for, steve appreciate you man and for everybody else thank you so much for listening uh if you're hearing this before tonight before day two i'll be up i'll be on instagram i'll be, I'll be available i'll be doing stories and stuff so Catch you guys later. Take it easy. See ya.